With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Busy show, Lombardi Line, V-SIN, the Sports Betting Network, Black Friday, two hours, U.S. men's national team in England. Yes, I know the Vikings beat up the Patriots in a shootout 33-26. Yes, I know the Cowboys beat the Giants as the Giants cover 28-10. But my big question as I welcome back the big guy, Michael Lombardi, here on the Lombardi Line, my big question is when do I have, how, how long do I have to wait until we get into Dan Campbell? And you start letting people know this is not a high school job where you learn on the job. This is a dude that's literally incompetent coaching his team into losses. Happy Thanksgiving. Hi, Michael. Happy Thanksgiving, Patrick. Good to be back. Feeling a little better Great here. To have you, you know, back. I appreciate everybody filling in for me. Amal Shaw, Josh Applebaum, everybody who kind of picked up the pieces. I appreciate it. Uh, COVID uh, knows no, no COVID doesn't uh, care. They don't care about holidays. COVID doesn't care about anything, you know. I mean, for the second time to get it, you know, and my wife hasn't gotten it once. Like, how is that even possible? Like, why am I always getting it? Something's going on here, you know, but more of that later. Anyway, look, I, I, I listened to the broadcast. It's Thanksgiving, you know, and, and I had the sound on. You would have thought Campbell was coach of the year, the way they were talking about Yeah, he's Bill Walsh. I mean, he's Bill Walsh. I, I mean, it was like unbelievable. Like, I mean, third and 15 from your own three, drop back pass, hold the ball, get a safety. No problem. Why not? Sure. Go ahead. Snap the ball before the two-minute warning. Sure. No problem. Why not? Give them the ball back with more time. <laughs> well, I mean, what's wrong with this? You know? Hey, like I think he got a discount. I, mean, I think he got a discount on those timeouts. He saved them for Black Friday. He still got, he still I, got those timeouts. I mean, the guy was a disaster the whole day. Disaster. Like, and, and I... I mean, it's a whole day disaster, and and of course he abs- he he has no blame for the loss, right? He didn't coach the game worth a darn. I, I I mean, look, I thought Buffalo. We picked Buffalo in the bet the bet givings, whatever that content. What's that called? I don't want to mess it up, but it's bet giving. <laughs> giving. Yes, you nailed it. My brain's not working completely, You're but fine. the reality of it is, is you know, I mean, when they got the two point safety, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to cover because eventually in the fourth quarter, this thing will fall apart, and and. Buffalo's the team that keeps falling apart. I mean, their defense is trending, and I wrote about it this morning for Visa, and their defense is trending downward, and it's not good, and I don't know where Von Miller is, but it didn't look good in that injury. Uh, 28-25, the Bills win. Do not cover 
the nine and a half closer. They stay under the posted total of 54 and a half. Michael Lombardi is back. He mentioned the Lombardi look ahead. My man's already back on the grind. vcin.com slash subscribe. Remember, pros get the look ahead every Friday, which will be posted in just a little bit. Okay, that's where I wanted to start. Now let's back up and look at a macro. The the three games were, I mean, it was a lot of fun, right? Yeah, there really wasn't much missing. Remember last year, the nightcap was the Bills absolutely pummeling the Saints where the game was done within a few minutes. This was kind yeah. of one of those where it was a good ebb and flow with all three games yesterday. Yeah, you were not looking to go to home alone at, with these games. They were no. good, right? You were not looking to go to some, you know, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. The, these were good games. And good game. I thought it, as you take a, 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 a view back, the Cowboy offense is really good. I mean, they've, they've racked up over 400 yards the last four weeks. They've overcome some turnovers. And the Giants, without, the Giants can't overcome injuries. They can't overcome their lack of real play at quarterback. They can't hide them. We're into week 12. You can't hide your quarterback after 12 weeks. He's got to come play at some point, and they can't really let him play. And so that's an issue. And then where the Giants have been good all season, Patrick, they've been really good on third down, and they've been really good in red zone defense. Yesterday they were a disaster in both areas. And part of the bigger problem with the Giants yeah. is the Giants haven't been able to run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball. And when you take away Barkley and you put it all on Jones, it's not going to be. And so what I wrote this morning, and I'd love to hear your commentary on this, is what is going to happen? The Giants now, you know, they play the Eagles in the last game of the season in Philadelphia. I don't think that game's going to matter. Okay, so count that as their eighth win. So now they've got five other games against Washington twice, against Philadelphia twice, and Indianapolis. Okay, against Philly once, which will count. Indianapolis, and uh, and there's one other game in there. It's off the top of my head. I I'll mean, they're not, they don't, they don't have a – it's not an easy schedule. They, no. Washington, December 4th, next week in the Meadowlands is a playoff game. And if they're not healthy, and the one thing I would say is a better – Washington's ascending, and the Giants are descending. And these odds are going to flip by this time next week. Let me take a look at the NFC East odds right now. The Eagles, big-time favorites, minus 330. The Cowboys, your second-betting favorite at plus 275. You go plus 5,000 on the Giants, and then, of course, the Commanders. But, uh, Michael, I wrote down, and again, the look-ahead was great, but I, I wrote down the Giants' strength has become their problem, and that's Saquon Barkley. What got them here was leaning on him. Remember, he had 35 attempts against Houston, who's a terrible run defense. Since then, he's toast. I mean, you watched him yesterday, 11 for 39. He failed against the the Detroit Lions the week before. He is toast. Yeah, I I, I think to me it's like everybody knows he's got to get the football. And look, here's what happens. You run out of stuff to run, okay? So, like, you're watching that game yesterday, and the first thing you write down in your notes is this going to be a boot-under game, which is every Giants a boot-under game. There's only so many boots and under routes you can run. Like, at some point, you have to have a drop-back pass game. At some point, you got to be able to throw the ball. you got to be able to protect, and you're going to have to do that. And, look, Slayton makes a great catch for a touchdown. Yep. That could have easily gone the other way for an interception. But the reality of it is is, is the Giants, without a running game, without that play-action pass element to their offense, it's just not going to work, and, it, and it's a real issue. And then they can't stop the run either. I mean, I thought Zeke finally looked like Zeke yesterday a little bit. Not great, but like Zeke. Pollard's still sensational. And, you know, if Dak – I thought the one interception really wasn't on him, 
but Dak played, and they were very good in terms of how they handled the situation. They didn't let the game get away from them, and they took advantage of it when they took the they took control of the game when they needed to. Well, I wrote down, I think Martindale's going to be frustrated because the Cowboys dominated on the ground, Michael. It combined, Zeke goes 16 for 92. The Cowboys, 169 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on 39 carries. Also, where Martindale's defense has been stout all year, you mentioned it, red zone. Once the Cowboys got there, they scored. So third downs, red zones. I will play counter just a little bit. I thought the Giants in the first half looked really crisp and pretty good. You could tell they start running out of the script with Jones, if that makes sense. And then once they run out of the script with Jones, they struggle. I mean, they run out of, they run out of, you know, at some point, this is what we call the adjustment. It's no different. Denver, you know, I mean, if you want to bet Denver in the first quarter against Carolina on Sunday, go ahead, because Denver will have a good first drive of the game. They'll probably score seven points. But once the game declares itself what kind of game it's going to be, it becomes a real issue. I mean, last night, I mean, for New England, I mean, they knew what the game was. The problem was the Minnesota got five first downs by penalty in the game. Five. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, again, I'm not blaming the official. I thought that was one of the most poorly officiated games I've ever seen. I don't know how that – I understand it might not be a touchdown. I don't know how that wasn't a catch. Hunter Henry, that like, was a tu- that was a catch and a touchdown, Michael. I, Hunter I mean, there Henry was a video of Travis uh, of Kelsey on Twitter today. I retweeted it. It's not even close. Kelsey looks like the – you know, you can't even make the distinction. I, I'll say, okay, he didn't have control of the ball – down to the to the field to break the plane. I got that, but the ball should have been spot at the one inch line. Yes, I don't understand how, that. How, and, how was that called an incomplete pass? There was I, I have no idea. Underneath his hand was underneath it, but you had to overturn it too. That's a what? Is, what is that? And, and NBC was all over. How about this? Is this the greatest thing in sports? Jason Garrett giving Bill Belichick game management advice. I mean, that should be a whole documentary, right? That should be a whole documentary. I'm sitting there listening to this. I'm saying, wait a minute. Jason Garrett's giving Bill Belichick game management advice. I mean, can we? Re- this needs to go to the Hall of Fame. This needs to go to archives. Like, seriously. Are you kidding me? Anyway, but I, I digress. Cowboy, the Cowboys, have, of the Cow, game, Cowboys have a good I, offense. Let's be fair about the Cowboys. They're, they're, with those two really tight ends good. getting involved, very good. Go ahead. Really good. They're really good. I, I, we're going back to the Cowboys. Really good. You know, I was staying on the on the on the Patriots. Yeah, I, I want to hold that it for game, two minutes. Let's hold that one for two right, minutes well, if you don't mind, because I want to ask you a question. I want I want to quickly ask you a question. So you mentioned the Giants. I got it for you. Remember, the Giants are going to play in division twice against Washington and in division twice against the Eagles on the way out. Right? They host the Commanders. The Commanders. Do you know next week the Commanders are a point and a half favorite over the Giants right now? I believe it. Oh, I do, because they're, they're, the last five weeks, the Giants have slow. Look, the Giants are fortunate to get out of, uh, to beat Houston. They were fortunate to beat Houston. It took, they turned Houston over in the red zone. So that, that look, they won the game. They won by six, all that. But when you watch that tape, they were very fortunate. They're descending. They're basically what's yep. happened to them is they've declared that everybody knows how they have to play. And once you know how you have to play, it's very challenging. And they don't have an answer for it. They don't have another – they are not. They have no explosiveness. I mean, you know, James was the leading receiver. He had five catches for 41 yards. That's 16 yards. His long game was 16. I mean, Barkley averaged 3.3 a catch. I mean, they, they can't make a play in the passing game down the field. And in fairness to them, their offensive line isn't 100%, but their offensive line isn't very good, and they can't really hold the ball very long. As far as the Cowboys looking forward, check this out, Michael. So they've got Indy this week, 
coming up next week. They've got Houston and Jacksonville. And then Christmas Eve, they host the Eagles. That could be the East. Christmas Eve, the Cowboys host the Eagles. That's huge. Yeah, that'll be a huge game. And look, I think the Cowboys are playing really well. They're playing a lot better when they played the Eagles the first time with Cooper Rush. That's no fact. And what we're seeing out now, this is going to be a big game for Philly, right? I mean, Philly, at what point do they are they going to get it back going on track? I mean, because we have not seen them really on track. They struggled to beat Indy. They didn't beat Washington. It wasn't pretty against Houston. The last three weeks, they have not been themselves, right? And defensively, they haven't really been as good as they need to be. So, look, this is the time of the year where you've got to determine where the arrow is, up or down on the team. And the arrow in Washington is up. The arrow on the Giants is down. Fascinating division. Of course, Michael mentioned it. Philly hosting Green Bay coming up this Sunday night. Right now, you've got the Eagles laying six and a half, still right under that seven with Green Bay in town. Okay, you mentioned it when we come back. Let's discuss it. i fascinated to hear what you take from the Vikings' 33-26 win, in which was a shootout. The Patriots actually stretched the field. That's the biggest Thanksgiving gift. We're back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay. I mentioned uh, VSIN pros get the Lombardi look at. Remember, you also get the tools and the most popular tool without a doubt are the betting splits where the money and bets are going for every game. They're updated te- every 10 minutes through DraftKings, today's games, future events. Once you get it, you're never going to look back. It'll always be a part of of your gambling arsenal. So make sure you check out the betting splits, vcin.com slash subscribe to become a vcin pro. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, I know you're chomping at the bit to get to the Vikings and Patriots, which we're going to do quickly. Some news here. It looks like Von Miller, who to me, eh, whatever at this point with Von Miller, but Stephen Bond says this is big news. Let's do it. Uh, He did not tear his ACL. There's a concern about his lateral meniscus. He's out at least a week to 10 days while he figures this out. He'll have surgery. The question is now, 
during or after the season? So I, I don't know really what you take from that one week to 10 days for Von Miller. Well, what, what I take from it is clearly he's got a lot of swelling in there. So they can't really get a really good diagnosis of what, what he's got dealing in there. And so, you know, he's played in 11 games so far this season. He's got eight sacks. I, I haven't felt him. You know, I, I haven't felt his presence. You know, I haven't felt like, oh, my gosh, he's, you know, he's got 12 quarterback hits. He's got eight sacks. I mean, those are good numbers. But, yep. you know, in a game where they got the lead, I didn't feel him. I didn't feel his presence in the, in the Minnesota game. I mean, he made a couple plays, but I was, I'm not looking for sacks. I'm looking for hurries. I want the ball out quicker. Uh, I mean, but this is an injury that's going to be har- har- harmful to the to the Buffalo defense, which has been taking some hits. You know, they lose Makai Hyde to start the season. They lose. They don't have Tredarius White. You know, he's played. You know, I don't know how much he played yesterday. I didn't see the tape yet, but I will. But uh, those kind of things start to add up, and and you're playing against Detroit with two bad offensive guards. I thought they would have put a lot more pressure on Goff than they actually ended up doing. And I thought that Detroit moved the ball better against them than I thought they would have. Yeah, White, 15 snaps, so he was on a pitch count. You mentioned the numbers for Miller actually outweigh what we've seen kind of optically. Those numbers are better than what I suspected for Miller. However, he now up in the air for the next week to 10 days. We shall find out about Von Miller there with the Bills. Now let's transition you know, this number, Michael, dropped below that three and closed everywhere two and a half. So there was some, yeah. wait for it, steam on the Patriots. There, Minnesota, the nightcap ended up being a shootout, goes well over the 41 and a half closer on the total, 33-26. The officiating was disastrous. You know Belichick is going to be so frustrated, even though there was a hold on it. Special teams let him down. No doubt. You know, not only did, not only did they, you know, not only did they give up a kick for it, you know, they take the game over. They win the middle eight, right? They get the ball back. They get three at the end of the half. They kind of, Mac Jones makes a real mental mistake when he's got a chance to scramble and he takes the sack, cost him the last time out. He should have thrown the ball away, you know, at least deep into the end zone. It wouldn't have got called for a penalty. That was a problem, you know, and then they come back. So they settle for the field goal, you know, and then at the end of the day, they get the, you know, they come back down the field, they get the lead. Now they got a, you know, now they've got the lead going after the they start the second half and they give up that long return and it's clearly holding, but I don't understand it. They call holding on every damn special teams play. They don't call that one. But I kept saying from the beginning of the game, I'm I'm in my room alone, I'm watching the game and I'm like, oh, are they ever gonna call holding? Are they gonna call holding here? Like I thought that that they were that Patriots were getting held on almost every pass play. Again, not an excuse. This is Minnesota's ex-specialty. This is where they're so good. They won the fourth quarter. They scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. They held mm-hmm. They held New England to three for 10 on third down. They're really good in that area. And New England was in the red zone three times, came out with nothing. 0 for 3, goal to go, 0 for 3, red zone. And that's the difference in the game. And the other difference in the game is the fact that New England gave Minnesota five first downs on penalties. You know, yep. not only did they give him a first, you know, they gave him a first down and they tried to block a punt and they gave him a first down there. You know, they had eight, they had six penalties. They had six penalties for 55 yards. Five of them went for first downs. You can't do that. That's why Minnesota had the ball for 36 minutes. Minnesota won the game. Make no mistake about it. Minnesota won the game. Is Minnesota a better team? I still can't get my hands around it. Like, there's just so many times you're watching them. I mean, Dalvin Cook two weeks in a row didn't get going. But they are fortunate. They're fortunate in Buffalo. They're fortunate this game. 
They were fortunate against Chicago. I mean, New England's just another team that walks out of Minnesota saying, how did we lose? Let's go to New England, then we'll get to Minnesota. I want to ask you about this team, okay? They're 31st in touchdown rate once they get to the red zone. You know they were 0 for 3 as far as touchdowns red zone yesterday, which is actually interesting, Michael, because Mac Jones, he was very good, 28 of 39, 382, two touchdowns. Actually, that's the first time they've stretched the field in a while, no? Yeah, I mean, they went. They actually ran. To me, that was the first time I've like I thought they weren't as bad as many people felt like against the Jets. I thought they had too many bad plays, but they were moving the ball against the Jets. Yes. They just they he held the ball and didn't give up. He, instead of throwing it away, he took sacks, which killed them. You know, and so you know, there's always that fine line when you're watching a game that the scoreboard doesn't tell you. You got to, you know, and the fans are going to buy that. You know, I thought they played, I thought they made improvement in, against the Jets. Now, you say that and people say you're crazy, you're watching it. Okay, I get it. I, I understand it. People value success. This game, to me, was a continuation of that. They finally kind of have a little bit more of a rhythm to their offense, and they've defined the roles of the players within the offense. And so, for me, I, I just think, that they, they've got to be able to, to protect the quarterback. I thought they threw the ball more than they probably wanted to in the game. They only had 13 rushes. I thought they could have run the ball more effectively against Minnesota, especially in that nickel front, and, and they didn't. And then they didn't convert third downs. They're three for 10 on third down. Red zone and third down, a team that practices so much red zone and so much third down, for them not to score is kind of is hard. And they, they continue to make mistakes with their inconsistencies. With it, whether it's the defense guy slips, doesn't make a play, jumps third. I mean, they got to drive. It's third and 12. Third and 12, you know, Judon jumps offside. Now it's third and eight. All of a sudden, they play my favorite coverage. You know what my favorite coverage is? You know, you got him, I got him, nobody's got him. You know, that's what, remember when they had Jefferson, Jefferson's playing inside, outside, and the other kids playing inside, you know, they're running that, what they call bracket coverage. You got him, I got him. Oh, nobody's got him. First down. When I ask you about Jefferson in a second, I wrote down in my notes last night while watching it, O'Connell seems to have a better feel for the red zone and play calling. He just, over Patricia, O'Connell does seem to have a pretty good feel for the rhythm of the game, whereas you mentioned with Patricia in the offense, while they got started to get better and moved the ball 20-20 to 20 against the Jets, they start to bog down, and that could be an inexperienced play caller once you get to the red zone. Is that fair? Well, I think it's really fair. And I think when you evaluate coaches, I think the game situation is about strategy. So third down strategy, red zone strategy, offensively and defensively, right? You got to have a really good strategy. How are we going to attack them? How do we get them into, how do we get them to do something we want them to do and then counter it, right? We just can't run. It's too tight to go down there. You know, the Lions have been very good in the red zone because they've been able to run the ball down there. With Williams, he's got 12 touchdowns rushing. That's, that's the easiest answer to scoring in the red zone, run it in. But that's not always mm-hmm. the most convenient one. So, yeah, I think there's no doubt. I mean, when you watch New England, I think they have really struggled in the areas where they're usually typically very good. And because of that, that's why they're sitting here 6-5. and five, You know, and, they, and they've had a chance to win some games and they haven't been able to win on. I mean, you know, they're, they're 23rd in red zone, red zone offense, on third down offense, and they're 31st in red zone scoring. And they're 29th when they go for it on fourth down. And they don't go for it on fourth down a lot. Right. Right. Nope. You nailed that. Okay. So the other side, 
Cousins was good. There are, there have been concerns about his body clock, right? I mean, in prime time, he's been a bad player, but 30 of 37, 299. He had the bad pick, but he had three touchdowns. And he's got a kid that just passed Randy Moss and Odell Beckham Jr. for the most receiving yards through three seasons. Justin Jefferson, uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a cheat code right now. It's unbelievable that Cousins is, is having a less of a season than he did last year, and I documented it in the column today, you know, in terms of touchdown percentage, interception percentage, much higher la- this year than last year. Yards per attempt, much lower this year than last year. You know, but yet they're winning more games, and they're making that they consistently find a way to make a play when they when it's the most critical time to make a play. And in the last two weeks, you know, New England went in there to stop the run. They did. I mean, they held him to 57 yards, just like the Commanders did. But he made enough plays in the fourth quarter, like he did against the Commanders, to win the game. And New England didn't make those plays. I mean, think about this, Patrick. Now, the last three weeks, this this. This, this defense has given up 486, 458, and 409 yards. The 409 against New England, they averaged 7-1 a play. New England only had 55 plays in the game. Hmm. Think about that. They only had 55 plays in the game. This defense has been a sieve. I mean, they've just – yards have just gone. The only teams that have moved the ball on them were Washington and Arizona. You know, we know about that. But they've been able to find a way to win a game. What's remarkable about Minnesota is yeah. their 26th in red zone defense, and they shut out New England last night. Yep. That was the difference. By the way, New England next Thursday hosting Buffalo on Thursday Night Football. Quick number. You know Buffalo's favored by how much? Six. Five and a half. You're on it. When we New come England back, hasn't made them punt. New England has not made them punt in two consecutive games. Jared Goff is who we thought he was. That's next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's officially Black Friday. You've been getting the deal with the store and the $30 credit for a few days now. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. Hook your friend up this holiday season. Hook yourself up with a vsin t-shirt, a vsin hat. There's plenty in the store. Go check it out. You're going to love it. And to get it, you got to become a vsin pro, an annual subscriber. When you do, we're going to immediately give you $30 to spend. It's a pretty good deal. Happy holidays. vsin.com slash subscribe for the Black Friday offer. We got you back. Let, let me, let's me let be very clear because we're going to hear from Belichick. I'm going to give you the Offensive Player of the Year numbers because Je- Justin Jefferson is right now in the lead there as far as the odds with the shortest. Let's be very clear. What, unequivocally, that Hunter Henry play was a catch. His, his hand was underneath the ball. He flipped it up to himself. He caught the ball. Now, like you said, whether it ends up being on the one or a touchdown, that's another story. That was a catch. Yeah. I, that's where I didn't understand. I could say that when he he didn't complete the process after he put the ball across the goal line, but he never lost control of the ball where the ball hit the ground. His hand was underneath of it. I don't know how you could rule that an incomplete pass when there's a there's a video clip of Travis Kelsey that that is like ridiculous. I, I tweeted it out. It's like I, again the inconsistencies and and you know the guy on NBC. I don't know who the hell it was, but I mean whoever that referee is there. I don't know his name, but Callie, you know, he maybe, was like, I think maybe it was Collie. Yeah. I'm making it. Yeah. Oh, like that's that. not a catch. Meanwhile, they stayed 17 days in the damn thing. I mean, you know, ter- Thanksgiving dinner was shorter than Kemp spent in that tent. I mean, it was unbelievable. He was in there forever. Of course, he was talking to New York to make sure we get it all right. I mean, it's the Warren Commission inside the tent. How are we going to position this? 
It's and unbelievable. Hunter Henry was de- Henry was so demonstrative because he knew the key was a strong hand that he kept under the ball. That's why yeah, when a exactly. player reacts like that, you know he knows he caught it. Exactly, and and you know he knows he knows the rules of a catch too. You know, now you know Belichick. He's not going to come out and say, "Oh, that's a, you know that's a horrible." Pl-. You know, I mean, he's not going to say that. Well, I'm glad you said that. Nice. This this man's a host right there. He's a natural. Let's hear from Bill Belichick about the officiating. Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporter and ask them about the play and let them explain it to you? Right? Isn't that what you do? Thank you. <laughs> Looking good too, by the way. Man's Bro, like a shark. He- I, I think he had a vest on with that suit. He looked like a freaking Calvin Klein model. Looked, yeah, looks and like, yeah. He was quite loquacious good. in his answer there. Okay, here's but what he's you guys right. need like, to do. Anything he says, he's going to get fined. Like, and it was the play of the game. I mean, it really determined the outcome. Now, look, uh, that that call and the non-call on the holding, again, take nothing away from Minnesota. This has gone Minnesota's way this year. Like, don't get mad next year when it don't go Minnesota's way, right? It went the Raiders' way last year, and now it's going Minnesota's way this year. There's some lucky star, you know? It's like your man Russo. He finds a way to get Buffalo at 7.5, and, a half and get, everybody else is getting <laughs> 9. Like, you know, it always goes his way. He's got the chalk last, you know? Like, don't get mad when Minnesota's not th- – these things start to add up, like – that was fortunate. It was fortunate to beat Buffalo. It was fortunate to beat. I mean, Miami. That was fortunate. But they make plays. Don't don't confuse that. Like don't dismiss them. But I think when they go against a team like Philly again or San Francisco, you know, or or you know Dallas again, I, I think they're going to get whooped. Okay, I this is random because everything is controlled for Belichick. He kind of he's in control. Everything's down to his schedule. We know that Nick Saban eats the oatmeal cream pies and a soda for lunch. What is Bel is Belichick very regimented about his food? Like from your time spent with him, I'm just fascinated by his day to day. No, there's what he no, does. Not, no, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to what he's okay, gotcha. what he's doing. It's not like Al Davis where you could plan your day around that eating schedule. Like at 10:30, he's having fruit with a diet Pepsi. You know, at 3:30, he's having. <laughs> You know, he's having the, the uh, German chocolate cake with a dot Pepsi. You know, the, it, you can't, you can't, you, you can't get that specific. It just, it just, it always fascinates me. Like the routines of people that are that particular and that successful. Generally, they lit a, live an idiosync, well, idiosyncratic life, why? I guess is the way to put it. I mean, because they make so many decisions during a the day, they want to make one less decision every every day about what the clothes they wear, whether it's you know what they eat. It's just another decision they have to make, so they limit the decisions. Well, we got to give them props because that sh- that suit looks sharp. If, if we're being yeah. honest, okay. Uh, offensive player of the year. So this may not surprise you, but you've got two guys you really like at the top. Jefferson's plus one seventy five AP offensive player of the year. Tyreek Hill is your second betting favorite at plus 225. It's almost impossible to discuss or argue or parse who's had more of an impact on their team, but I'll let you take a stab. Yeah, I don't know how to do that either. I, th- I The only thing I could say to you is, is that when you break down Jefferson, they do a wonderful job of creating a situation where it's very challenging to double. You know, he's at 69.8% of the times that he gets the football, that the ball's thrown, he catches it. So anytime a receiver, last year, Devontae Adams, when he played for the 
uh, Green Bay Packers was at 72% of the, of the targets they turned into catches. My man Tyreek Hill now, you know, just, Jefferson's just a shade under that, right? So Jefferson's just a shade under that. Tyreek Hill is at 76.4%. 76.4. And if I'm voting, I'm voting Tyreek Hill because I think everything comes off. He's got 81 catches. Now, I know he has four touchdowns, but they allow Waddle to do some. It allow Waddle to do more things. I mean, Waddle's at 68% catch, catch target percentage which is significant, right? You know, I mean, the tight end, Gusecki, is only at 68, and usually tight ends are in the 80s. So the ball's going in the middle of the field. The ball's going to those two guys. And because of Hill's ability to catch the ball in traffic and make some ridiculous catches, like Jefferson's catch, you know, I thought Je- Jones was going to intercept it, and he, ca- and he caught it down on the one-yard line. He got called back for, for one of the few holding calls they called, you know, in the game. Uh, was remarkable. So, look, I, I just think to me they're both tremendous. I think both of them have given their teams their wins. They're the most valuable players of their teams because if you take Tyreek Hill off that team, we saw Tua last year. It's not the same. I don't think and, – and Cousins was actually better last year than he is this year, but Jefferson makes all the difference in the world. Jefferson's, you know, obviously being compared to Moss because of the numbers, but he's got a little Chris Carter in him because he's strong. He's got that yeah. little extra where he's got a dog in him. When he goes up for the ball, he's going to win it. You know, for, yeah. for a slight guy, he, he's got a little dog in him. I, I don't see the Moss comparison. Moss had mm, Moss. He's different had than anybody. Tyreek. Like Belichick will never play Tyreek Hill in, 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 out, in and out coverage. And why do you play that coverage? Because it was third and eight. And you felt like he was going to run some kind of inside route. And he converted it to a nine route. And so all of a sudden he's more wide open. Whereas you would never do that with Tyree Kill. When he plays Tyree Kill, a man's always over top of Tyree Kill, no matter what happens. You got to slow him down. Tyree Kill is a tilt of field player. So is Jefferson, but it's a different tilt of field. It's rare quickness and rare speed. Like it's rare. And it hasn't slowed up. You know, and for 106 targets to produce 81 catches is flat out rare. An average 14 yards a catch at 76.4 catch radius. I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know what to say. Well, may I say this? You've heard some say, and this is social media, so be clear. You've heard people say, discredit Tyreek Hill because of what Mahomes has done with that Kansas City offense and those receivers. Mahomes is one of the all-time special players of all time. What Mahomes is doing with this offense this year is otherworldly. That has nothing to do with detracting from Tyreek Hill's impact on Kansas City's offense or Miami's. I would make the argument that Kelsey should be in this MVP conversation uh, or the most offensive weapon player. Because, I mean, like what we saw him, look what the Raiders did against him. The Raiders eliminated him from the game until he got to the red area. He got four touchdowns. I mean, last week he gets three touchdowns. I mean, you know, like Kansas City, where would Kansas City be if Kelsey's not on the field? I mean, I don't know how they function, right? I mean, like he's a guy that should be in this conversation. I mean, he's been as, as... Probably, you know, he's picked up the slack. He's improved his game. Andy does a wonderful job of moving him around and making sure he catches the football. And, you know, and I mean, look, he's got what, 90? How about this? He's got 94 targets, and he's got 69 catches at 85.5, at at, uh, 73.4% catch. Hill's still ahead of him. He's still ahead of him in terms of catch radius. Now, he averages 12-4, but he's got four touchdowns, 11 touchdowns. 
I don't know what they would do without his 69 catches. I mean, he controls everything. The next closest guy is Juju Smith-Schuster at 46. And there's such a synergy with Mahomes and Kelsey in the red zone that that's the difference. Like once yeah. they get into I mean, the red zone, Mahomes feels so comfortable with Kelsey. And why are they so good in the red zone? Because he separates the defense. His movement by moving from behind the center, right, just a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, that moves the defense ever so slightly. Or then when he sprints to the right, now you've got to run and all of a sudden it's backyard football. People are open. Throw it. Boom. It's not designed. Whereas New England, they're designed, if it's not on the design, they're not making a play because Mac's not going to run the ball. There's not movement there. Here are the numbers. Offensive player of the year. Jefferson's your favorite at plus 175. Hill plus 225. Jalen Hurts 6-1. Patrick Mahomes 10-1. Henry 14-1. Kelsey 14-1. Those are your numbers. I mean, and all I'll say to that, all I'll say to your numbers is Nolan Ryan didn't win Cy Young. We back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM. You like that? An authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place a NBA or an N in NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more. And if you miss one of the legs of the four-teamer, you're going to receive up to $25 back. Just opt in to this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections with a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead. And take your favorite NBA star to score big, the home team to cover, and the over in points. So you can mix it up. Opt into the promotion. Visit BetMGM.com. 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. It's not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Shout to, shout to Carl Pantaglia. Wait, what'd you call him? Carl, Carl what's the Carl name? Carl Pan, Pan, Pagnelli. Pagnelli. Oh, gosh. 
What a pain in the ass. We welcome you back. Black Friday. Michael Lombardi there. Yeah, they they uh, Patrick make all Maher. the calls. They, they got their, they're always right. You can go right to them. They'll tell you they're right. What is the, if you think throughout your years, the official that rubbed you the wrong, rubbed everybody the wrong way. There's a couple in the NBA that come top of mind. Is there somebody oh, yeah. across the years in the NFL where he was indignant, always right, kind of a pain in the ass? Well, I mean, I think Hockley was kind of like always thought he was right. Ed Senior, not Sean. Sean still thinks yep. he's right too. You know, I didn't. You know, to me, it was about can you get a clean game? Can you get a clean game? Can you're going to get some balance? You know, you get one team gets five first downs on penalties, the other team doesn't get. I mean, they, something's wrong here. Wait a second. You know, you know, and so, but. I mean, you just accept it. You kind of are numb to it. You don't turn it in. I mean, we didn't. We've gone an hour, almost forty minutes into the show. We didn't even mention they missed a face mask. You know, Phil people in Philadelphia. You know, they they want to they want to get that win taken away from Washington because of the face mask penalty on that wasn't called for the fumble. How about the one last night that wasn't called? What when Anybody Mac Jones had his that? head ripped off his his head ripped off his right body? in front of the official, know. right in front of him. Never said a yep. word about it. It was okay. Like, how do you miss that call? I'm just saying, like, I'm not taking anything away from Minnesota, but at some point, these things start to add up. Like, you know, you're sitting there in the film room today saying, man, we got lucky here. We got lucky here. I've been there. I've been lucky. I understand it. But you also know that luck flips again. Man, we were unlucky on that call. We're not going to get them all. And when you work for the Raiders, you never get any of them. This is big news here. Bengals, quickly, Bengals have ruled out uh, Joe Mixon for that Sunday affair against Tennessee due to his concussion. So that is official. That line, that's a funny line too, Patrick. I don't know where we're going here, but that was a funny line. Let's do it. You know, because to me, that like that line was a. I think it's a pick 'em now. Now since he's laying three, since he's listen, they opened two in Tennessee. There's Circus showing three. DraftKings is showing two and a half. I think BetMGM has three. So. That number jumping up the three, the disrespect for Tennessee is just legit. I mean, look, that we've got a two and a half at MGM. Okay, but there are plenty of shops showing Cincinnati on the road at Tennessee lane three. That's wild. Yeah, it is for me, too. You know, I mean, I, I've got this as a 1.5 game favorite of Cincy. But then when I do my power rankings and I, and, I, and I do my game rankings, I mean, Tennessee is strong in eight areas. They're in the top seven in eight areas. They're in the top. They're in the top twelve and one. Now in their bottom seven and five, where Cincinnati's strong in seven, average in five, and they're only bad in one area. But the matchups really favor Tennessee here because Tennessee's defensive front will give Joe Burrow some trouble. And without okay. Mixon in there to take some of the pressure off of them, it's going to be hard. It's funny. While you and I were talking, the board just lit up. Cincinnati, Tennessee, circa. Literally, while we were discussing it, went from three to two and a half. So the mix in news is starting to adjust these numbers down a little bit, which it should. I think it it should. I mean, it's going to be a close game. Every Tennessee game is a three-point game one way or the other. And, you know, this is kind of a rematch, right? I mean, Tennessee's had a lot of time to rest up after their great win. And they've had time to kind of prepare for this game. They know what Zach Wilson's going to do. They kind of really have a good prep. They know what Lou Amaromo is going to do. The last time they played, it's a three-point game, and and Cincinnati and and Tennessee turned the ball over three times. You know, it, they really couldn't do much against them. So I, I think it's this will be one of the best. It's a one o'clock start. I don't know. You know, wasn't this supposed to be? A, no, that was Cincinnati Pittsburgh last week. I would have thought they would have put this game in a in a big window to let this game really breathe because I think these are two good teams playing. 
I'm just happy that finally those that espouse the benefits of having Jared Goff on your team and Dan Campbell as your head coach. I'm finally yeah. that a national audience got to see when when it matters. Jared Goff is about as bad as it gets. He'll get you from the like. We'll use the analogy twenty to twenties, kind of in that middle portion of the game when it doesn't necessarily. He'll get you what you need, but his reads late in that game were ridiculous. But Dan Campbell. I mean, Detroit got possession, Michael, down three points, 240 to go, all three timeouts left. That first down, was it Was it not drama? He let the clock run out. So now you're third and one from the Bills' 33, 32 seconds left. He goes deep. They throw the ball deep to DJ Chark, and now you're forced to kick a long field goal, and you give, obviously, the Bills time to come back and win it. That was malpractice. It was about as bad as you could manage a game. Well, I mean, that was just, that was just that drive. I mean, let's go yes. to the third and 15 from your own three-yard line and you hold the ball. You give up a safety. Shocking. H- how about the end of the first half? But what was, more cr- what was the most concerning is, is a – I mean, I love the CBS crew. I love them to death. But Tony's – I mean, I don't know what Tony – Tony, I know he's a teammate of the guy, right? And, and Tony in one step saying what a great job Dan's doing. And the other breath he's saying, boy, this is really bad game <laughs> management here. Like you can't have it both ways, right? When they snapped that ball with two minutes to go don't before the two-minute warning, even. I went don't berserk. Even. And I don't even feel good that I went berserk. Like, how are you doing that? Like, what, where's our common sense? You're not calling the game. Remember, remember, we all have to understand, offensive coordinators' jobs are to get first downs and, and, and score points. They don't care about game management. They don't care about anything other than I'm going to show everybody I'm a I'm a going to I could be a head coach. That's what they care. The job of the head coach is to make sure that that game is managed correctly. And at the end of that first half, at the end of the game, it wasn't. I mean, if he doesn't snap the ball, just think about this, Patrick. If he doesn't snap the ball before the two minute warning, he's going to be able to to run the clock down. Now he's got two plays after the two minute warning where he can kind of function and start running the clock. But naturally, he doesn't. He, he, you know, if he waits, if he waits, he, you know, and doesn't run the play, it, it, it's just, to me, it was just bad football all the way around. So it's paradoxical. Here, here's why it's paradoxical. It, you can't measure. It's an intangible what Campbell brings to the team, okay? The cheesy grit, the toughness, and they play hard. I'm not pretending that they don't. But what he's doing as one of 32 on the planet, is he's giving away games. They could have won that game. The coach hurt him. That's an issue when you're one of 32 on the planet doing it. He's learning on the job. That's just being fair. He's a terrible well, in-game nobody, coach. But nobody even mentions it, though. Nobody even mentions it. I mean, we don't even discuss it. Like, seriously. Like, it, it wasn't even like... But this okay, is elementary. So like you said, that's right. elementary as far as the way we've that got they the ball. That. We've got the ball with 240 to go, Okay. We got the ball with 2.40 to go. So we come out first and 10. We run Williams up the middle for three yards, okay? They're going to spot the ball. They spot the ball at the 28, Detroit's 28-yard line, okay? There's no need to snap the ball again. There's no need. The clock's going to go all the way down. Buffalo didn't call timeout. So now I've run two plays that I don't have to run. I've used up 40 seconds that uh, I used up let's say, 33 seconds that I don't have to use up. Okay? Just let it run down. Okay, Remember, now we're they have three timeouts. Remember, three timeouts. Three second timeouts. and seven. All I wanted to do was I wanted to eat that time away because time's not time. I've got to straighten out. 
So if I eat that 40 seconds away, Buffalo doesn't have any time to get the ball. But naturally, I give Buffalo 32 seconds left to go. The kid can make it from anywhere. But what do I do also? I kick the ball out of the end zone so I don't give up a play. If I kick the ball in play, and now I'm down to 17 seconds. That's right. it's, It's almost unthinkable. Like, I don't know how you can botch... But the this third down call, let's go back to the third down call. So if he's got second and so he's so he's got third and six. He gets five yards. He gets the first, he gets he got fourth and one. He doesn't call timeout there for the fourth and one call. Okay, you got a play, you don't want to give it away. All right, I got it. So now once you get that first down, he went out of bounds. So now we got forty two seconds. We got forty seconds left with the forty two. We got a chance here. We got all right, so what do we have? We got forty seconds. We've got three timeouts left, right? And let's say we got six plays we can run here. We got six more plays we can run. So he comes out on first and 10, incomplete. All right. We used up three seconds on the incompletion. Second and 10. We got a false start. Oh, shoot. Now we're back up. Second and 15. He throws it to him for first day. He doesn't call timeout. He doesn't call timeout. He gets, he gets relieved by it because they have to reverse the spot. And now he gets to call timeout with 32 seconds. But he lost like six seconds there. And then he, Lions and then fans he, for two years know this. It's the little things. The ball, they and add then up. he throws a fade route on third and one when he should just get the first down. Of course they get the first down so there. Bad. Then you take shots at the end zone or you run the clock out so you don't give Allen an opportunity to come so back. So bad. And then you don't kick it in about Horrible. Vinny's next from behind the book there at the South Point. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 